Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Physique Development Podcast. Today's episode is part three of a three-part series for all of the owner's fitness journeys. I do want to go ahead and say that if you're interested in any of the other coaches on staff in their fitness journey, each of them have an episode in the podcast going over their fitness journey, a little bit about their past, as well as some educational portion in that podcast. So definitely go give the coaches a view. And if you haven't already, give Austin and Alex's a fitness podcast a view. You, but now it's going to be my turn. So let's get into things. Let's do this. Okay. Well, here's Coach Alex here as well. Hi. Good to, <laughs> good to see you guys. I haven't been on the podcast for a minute, so uh, I'm glad to be back. Uh, but the first question I have for you, Sue, is what got you in to lifting and fitness in general? Yeah, I would say a big part of it was just due to kind of where how I felt about my body in general. I was in a spot growing up that I didn't feel like I had much shape to my physique. Um, I never really focused on my physique at all. I just realized I was unhappy with it. And whether that was me coming to the realization myself or possibly just comments that I got growing up, I felt very uncomfortable in my physique. And a big part of that was that I was a cheerleader. So our cheer uniforms for school were fine. I felt comfortable enough in it. But when it came to our competition cheer uniforms, I mean, it was a full spandex outfit. And that can really show you some imperfections about your body paired with being around girls that were very thin. Um, and then also I swam for 14 years. So when you swim, you're in this one piece that's cutting into you and showing again every portion of your physique. And I also lifeguarded. So when I wasn't swimming and in that one piece, I was in another one piece or two piece at the pool consistently. And so it was even something where um, any of my lifeguard friends, if they're by chance listening to this, uh, I would go in summer after summer and be like, guys, next year, you're not even going to recognize me because I'm going to look so good. And I would be on for about two weeks. And that on was nothing compared to what on is to me now. It was being restrictive. It was going to the gym, doing excessive cardio. Um, and I had even reached out to a girl that went to my high school and I was like, Hey, you've seen, or went to a school in my district and was like, hey, you've seen great results. Like, what did you do? I just want to feel better about myself. Um, and at the time, I was also very much so struggling with indigestive issues. And so that wasn't helping how I felt about my physique either. So um, I tried to start my fitness journey hundreds of times. Um, and it wasn't until I got to college that I actually started it and got into it. And so when I got into my freshman year of college, I also got into a lot of drinking, which I've talked about in regards to my journey, where in high school, I was very, you know, by the book, do what you got to do, like very respected. I, I was the good girl. And when I got to college, that freedom that I had I didn't know what to do with it. So drinking came into the picture too many nights a week. And I thankfully had a girl in my dorm room um, or in my dorm in general. And we would still go to the gym three or four times a week together. And we held each other accountable and we started going. But my nutrition and everything was not lining up. Um, so how I finally got into things is I had reached out to a girl um, who, had, um, who was rooming with a friend that I went to high school with. And she had started like a 
fitness Instagram and I thought she looked phenomenal. And so I reached out and was like, hey, can I just be at the gym at the same time as you to maybe pick up something or follow along at your workout? Like, I promise I won't impede on anything. Like, I just need some help. So that was kind of my first step of getting into it was failing a lot of times and then finally figuring out that I did want to make that change in my lifestyle. So what do you feel like was the the kicker for you truly making the change? Like what happened from a mindset perspective or what do you feel happened from a physical perspective that that turned the point of no longer failing and and creating a whole new life for yourself? Um, I think it was the Tom Segura principle. When you look in the mirror and you say, what does he say? Like, you fat fuck. <laughs> I hate you. Um, but She's it, joking. <laughs> it was honestly somewhat around that lines where I got fed up with myself. It was something where after you've, and I'm sure some of you guys can relate to this, after you've started and stopped your fitness journey so many times of being on for two weeks or a month and then kind of letting things fizzle out being like, no, this time I'm going to commit to it. You get fed up with your own bullshit. (laughs) It's kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm tired of failing myself. This feels miserable. I don't know how to make this happen. And so it was also a point, as I talked about, of getting into drinking. I was getting into the wrong crowd of friends. I I say that very loosely. They were not my friends. I found out after the fact um, of just being in a place where mental health wasn't prioritized and my mental health was in an awful spot at the time. Um, Physical health was definitely not prioritized. It was all about getting mad mush, cheese sticks at night, going to Goodfellas, um, everything that Lexington had to offer, uh, going to Two Keys, Tin Roof, uh, eating all of the food at Tin Roof and headed back home and maybe getting cookout on the way home. So physical health, uh, mental health was not prioritized and neither was just bettering yourself. And I got to this point where I was drinking a, a good chunk and, uh, alcoholism runs in my family and addiction runs in my family. And so it was something where I woke up one morning and it was like a tailgate. So we started drinking at like 8 a.m. And I like the next morning I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to wake up and need to have a drink. And that was a huge turning point for me of recognizing where my life was headed if I kept acting that way, if I kept participating in what I was participating in. And not to say that drinking or having fun in college is automatically going to lead you down this path of despair, but I saw the writing on the wall. I saw the signs of what it was leading to. And I also, even though I know myself so much more than when I knew at that point, I knew at least enough about myself that I was someone who very much so clung to what other people were doing. I didn't have a strong sense of self. And I also was very easily persuaded. And then also the genetic factor of alcoholism, I was like, I I don't want to do this. I I don't want to wake up and want to drink. And so I actually just stopped cold turkey. I got fed up with my excuses, fed up with feeling the way that I was feeling and scared that I would wake up one day and need to drink. And so I stopped cold turkey and I was just like, I'm doing this because I'm liking this and the drinking and the partying is really, really cutting into how much I'm liking what I'm doing fitness wise. And I had just finally, like it finally clicked for me of this feels better than going out and drinking and like being with people who don't care about you. Finding more about myself feels better than that. 
And it was, it was so wild. And I know you and I have had this conversation before, but for someone who had such little sense of self and such little ability to make decisions for herself, Mm -hmm. I still have no idea how I made that decision to just stop all of that. I don't know how, but I did thank the Lord almighty and made the switch just completely cold Turkey and was like, let's do this. I'm tired of it. So with the the switch of of such a uh, your your group of friends was changing all those different factors. Did you have a a brief time where you were trying to still hang out with those people and then getting into fitness more, or did you uh, get to a point where it, like the turning point that you're speaking on of no longer talking to them at all, and it was this whole new leaf that you had just exited out of them that morning that you speak on for the tailgate. Yeah, I, I it was a slower process than just immediately cutting them off. It was more of like I'm trying to do both, and I realized how much it wasn't working. I was trying to have my cake and eat it too. I was trying to drink and not pay attention to my nutrition and then have some really good gym sessions. I was learning a lot in the gym, um, and I was like seeing my muscles for the first time. I was seeing a, a change take place, and I loved it. And it was, it took a while, like just a few months to like realize how much I loved it. And then to finally make the decision of, I I don't really like this anymore. Um, And like I had mentioned, my mental health really played into that of I was finally addressing some different things within my mental health and finally learning about that. And honestly, even though Instagram now is something that I sometimes wish I could be off of um, and it wasn't as big of a part of my job at that time in 2014, 15, 16, Instagram looked very different. And the people that I was following were just sharing recipes, tips, tricks, their workouts. Like it was a very helpful community. Of course, there was toxicity as there is with a lot of things, but it was something that I just started an Instagram to start sharing all the things that I was learning that I felt were so cool and so helpful. Um, And so it was really it was a really big push from what I was seeing on Instagram of seeing people change their lives, seeing people um, support one another, and seeing that shift that really pulled me to like jump into that because I was like, oh my gosh, they seem truly happy instead of this fake happy that I feel like everyone else, including myself, is putting on. And so now that you've you've made this shift and gotten away from the group of friends, walk us through that first year for you within your training and your nutrition and, and kind of getting your grasp and getting your bearings of, of what you now do for your work. So what was that first year like? It was hard, yeah. hard as shit. Yeah. Um, it was something where I, it wasn't like I told off all of my friends at that time and told them to go screw themselves and then went off on my own. It was something that I just stopped participating. So I stopped going out. I stopped going to parties. I stopped going to pregames. I would spend more time by myself, more time in my room, more time at the gym. Um, and I, like I said, I was kind of trying to do both at the same time. And I was like doing YouTube videos and I was doing Instagram, making posts um, and getting all of that. And I felt so good. And I, I 
was really loving what I was doing. And then I was sent screenshots of group messages from my roommates at the time. I had three roommates, my roommates, my roommates' friends, um, their boyfriends, and other girls that I considered my friends and hashtag sisters because I was in a sorority, <laughs> um, which I have my own mixed feelings about that. But um, people that I thought cared about me were saying very ruthless, mean things about me. And that was something that I had dealt with sadly multiple times before of having friends treat me like absolute crap and having friends that didn't care about my well-being, who didn't care that I was doing better Um, and not better than them, but better for myself. I was focusing on the fact that I, hey, I'm not in bed every day because I'm so depressed. Um, I'm not sitting on the couch every day because my stomach hurts because of what I'm doing alcohol-wise and drinking-wise and then not addressing different things within my digestion. Um, I feel better with getting to the gym and taking care of my health. None of them cared about that. They just cared that they thought that I thought I was better than them, or they were upset that I was doing something that they weren't doing, or I was no longer the person they thought that I was. And we do have a podcast that I did about um, how to deal with lack of support on your fitness journey. And there's a lot of mistakes I made um, that in recording that video and record or recording that podcast, I'm going through a lot of things I either wish I did or wish I had known at that time, because it was very difficult, as you can imagine, to have people who you live with, people that you thought care about you, people who had talked about how they love you till the end of earth, to be talking about how you are ridiculous, you don't know what you're talking about, you're not even fit when you're trying to be this new person. Um, And so that was extremely discouraging, but I think that it was helpful because it showed me first who my friends were, which were none of them. (laughs) Um, It showed me that even though that pain of losing so many friends or what I thought were friends was really just showing me that I deserved more, that I could have more in a friendship and that I could have support from other people. And it allowed me to spend time alone. Um, which I think is very important in life in general, um, as well as when you're in very transformative stages of your life. Um, It's something where obviously Alex is my husband. I love spending time with him, but we both uh, really cherish the ability to have alone time for each other because that really does help you. Uh, It helps you grow as a person. It helps you learn about yourself. It helps you develop. And that was something that I had been lonely before. I had felt alone before. But I was now in a completely different state. I didn't have my family nearby. And I just felt completely like I had to go at it alone. Now, that wasn't the case. I had people um, who like a a handful of people that supported me, people at the gym, at my school who are very supportive of me and some that I'm still friends with today. What's up, Matt McLeod? But it was something that I really got to learn a lot about life in that time period. And that's something where people have asked me before if I regret going to college, if I feel like college is stupid. And my answer every single time is regardless of if I followed what my career path was going to be or the the schooling I went to was useful, it was such a transformative time in my life. And I think 
that so many of us don't get out into the world. And the place that I grew up in was something that I was very sheltered. And it was great because from a safety standpoint, but I had never been out in the world. And so that was a huge transformative time where I had to learn how to stand up for myself, how to compose myself, how I wanted to be perceived, how I wanted to be perceived by myself, all of that without the pressures of the area that I grew up in or my family being around or like the help of having that around. Um, And so it was something where I really learned about myself and learned what was important to me, what I cared about. Um, And I got to know myself a lot better, which was huge within me becoming the person that I am. So during that year, I really just had one or two friends. I went to the gym with that one friend um, and we met at the gym together every evening to hold each other accountable. And it was something that uh, she was very passionate about fitness. So I was able to learn from her. I was able to really grow within what I was doing because, again, I didn't have this social aspect anymore that I was able to really dive into myself and into fitness. And I just spent my time getting everything done with school. I had a really, really crazy school schedule, um, having my work and internship, and then just going to the gym and taking any free time I had to learn about fitness or learn about health uh, was really how that first year looked. Um, And in regards to nutrition and training, I really had no idea what I was doing. And so it was just picking up tips and tricks. At first, it was just counting calories and trying to stay under a certain calorie goal. Then it was learning about macros and finding if it fits your macros and eating ice cream for multiple meals, and then truly learning about food. So it was something that um, if I could speak to anyone who might be earlier on in their fitness journey, and you might be overwhelmed by what other people know or what you don't know, Everyone's at a different stage. And the more that you can focus on just taking that step forward, being 1% better, learning a little bit more, the better off you're going to be instead of just sitting and like wondering how to get to that point of just putting yourself out there. Because that was invaluable for me being able to see the progress that I wanted to see. I didn't do anything right that year probably, but that's fine because I learned a lot and I learned a lot about myself. Absolutely. So within that first year, you have a a slogan that you've lived by that you have have popularized. And that slogan is you can do hard things. And so do you feel as though that slogan or that statement was rooted in that first year? Or how did you come about, you know, living by that? Yeah, it actually came from I think it was Marie Wald or Amanda Vucci's YouTube channel at the time. Okay. They were both prepping for uh, competitions. And I remember they're on a spin bike or something. And whichever one it was said something like, man, this is hard, but I can do it. And I was like, it clicked in my head. And I was like, you can do hard things. And that was what held me back for so much, even though I had accomplished a lot academically, even though like from the outside looking in, I like had it figured out possibly. I don't know if that's what it looked like. It was something that I had so much self-doubt and I had so much, I was soft. (laughs) I, I didn't like anytime something I was like, man, this is hard. And I would hit wall after wall and I would give up. And that's kind of how I started my fitness journey so many times that I hit a wall and be like, oh, that's hard. I'm giving up. And then I realized as simple as the saying is, like, you can do hard things. So when it comes to something you're doing throughout a day and you're like, man, this is this hard. 
just being able to tell yourself like, hey, but you can do hard things. And that was really huge for me as well during that time in my life because when other people didn't believe in me or I didn't have support or I didn't have friendships or I didn't have what I wanted to have, I had to believe in myself. And that was something I had never had before was that self-belief and that self desire to do more and to be more. Um, It's something that Alex and I have also talked about, like when you're growing up and you dream about, oh, what do I want to be when I grow up? What job do I want to have? I didn't have these huge dreams. Like I can't think back to a time like in middle school, high school, where I was like, this is 100% my path and I feel so passionate about it. And so when it came to hitting walls and doing hard things, I just was kind of like, well, I don't really know what I'm going to do. So hmm. It's it's done. And that was the first time I felt so aware of no matter what I'm going to do with the rest of my life, like I need to show up for me. It's do or die right now. And like you need to do the hard because you need to also choose your hard where I was choosing a lot of hard that was really sucky and I was experiencing a lot of new hard. But that hard was the hard worth doing and the worth choosing because the other hard just left me so empty and this hard left me so fulfilled. Yeah. And and I think that that leads us into, um, you go from year one, getting into year two at you compete soonish, right? Mm-hmm. So what year does that kind of fall in? And, um, I'm, I'm cheating a little bit cause I know, uh, more than the <laughs> it's average okay. person. I cheated during years too. <laughs> so we, we have a kind of a checklist for, for all of our, our competitors when they get started of like, you really need to have these things in place for us to be successful in those different factors. Well, for both of us, we did not follow that checklist <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination and, and bootstrapped it our whole way. And I think that that's what we both needed in that context. But why don't you walk us through your first competing experience, kind of what drove you towards getting into competing, what interest, what interested you in getting into competing um, and kind of walk us through that. Yeah. So like I said, I was watching a lot of YouTube and in the fitness community on Instagram and I was loving it. I was loving every second of it. And I was really inspired by these girls who are competing. And I won't lie, a lot of my inspiration at that time came strictly from just how they looked of never feeling like I could look that way and seeing these girls that looked incredible and being like, oh my gosh, I want to look like that. And so that was a big part of it at first, as well as, again, I'd followed their journeys on YouTube, I'd seen them push themselves. And it was something where I was really getting into like showing up for myself and doing some hard things. I was like, let's, let's do it. Let's push myself into something. And at that time, honestly, and Alex can probably confirm this, it was kind of like a rite of passage. If you like got, were into fitness, the next step was like going and competing now in life. Like, I feel like that's not it. It's not like you get semi-fit and then immediately the next step is competing. But at that time, it was all the wave. It was you're getting fit and then you're doing a competition. And so it was something where I definitely wasn't in the right spot. I hadn't had it, even though I'd lifted through my life with the sports that I was doing, not really with intention at all. Like if I, if I came to me now, I'd be like, no, you're not competing. Right. Um, I didn't have enough uh, under my belt time-wise with training. I didn't have enough under my belt um, with knowing enough about nutrition. I was still IIFYMing it, um, which was not the move. <laughs> um, I also didn't know about like biofeedback and prioritizing my sleep and my digestion. I had so many factors and variables off. But the reason that I think it was so helpful for me at that time, and it was exactly what I needed, was because 
I needed something to hold me accountable. Uh, even though I had made this shift and I was already starting to shift away from the life that I had started in college, I was still very weak-minded. And I still very much so faltered to what other people wanted or were doing. And that first step of kind of breaking that mold was so difficult for me. And so continuing to do that was like getting really hard. And I'd recognized that I was mentally faltering in that regard. And so I knew that if I spent all the money that I had, that it would be really hard for me to not do it. Right. Uh, and so it was something where I, like I said, I had lifeguarded for a lot of time. So I was I was a city employed, worked for the city government. And so since I had retired from lifeguarding, I had gotten like my package, my retirement package. It was like, $2,000 or something after all these years of lifeguarding. And I was like, I'm using that to pay for a coach and pay for my competition. And I paid for my coach like upfront because I was like, I don't want to worry about it the rest of the time. I just want to be focused on doing this. And I knew that at that point, if someone asked me to go out or asked me to do something, I couldn't be like persuaded to do it because I'll just be like, I literally just spent every dime that I personally had to my name on this. Like I can't not do it now. And the coach at the time was someone at the time that I did look up to. And so I didn't want to let him down. I didn't want to let myself down. And I also didn't want to look like a fool. <laughs> I had made these declarations and I had made this change. And I was so afraid of being embarrassed and so afraid of failing that I was like, oh, crap, I can't fail. So I need to do this um, or everyone's going to think I'm a phony. And so it was something where I dove headfirst into it. I had maybe been training for a year and half of that was with drinking. Um, and then I, again, I had that one friend that I went to the gym with consistently. And we were, we always took pictures of each other for Instagram and videos. And I remember like she took a picture of me and she was like, oh my gosh, you need to compete because like we saw striations in my chest or something and it was crazy. Uh, and in that time period, I also done a transformation challenge with bodybuilding.com. And that was a, a good thing to keep me motivated because there was prize money. Um, and I thought it would be cool. So there was no workouts or food that they followed. It was just you have 12 weeks. And so that was kind of the kickstart. And then after that, um, I had, you know, was continuing on with fitness and then hired the coach and got started within competing. Um, and I competed in my first show in 2016. So I graduated high school in 2014. All first year of college was training, but partying heavily. Training wasn't a big priority in 2015. And then 2016, sophomore year, halfway through the year, I was like, I'm done with the drinking. And then later that year in October, in the fall, I competed for my first show. Okay. Yeah. And then so the, how did the first show go? What was your experience? Did you have, did you enjoy it? Obviously, since you're still competing, <laughs> you enjoyed it, but kind of walk us through some of the emotional aspect of that. And then how that carries us into the, the, you know, where you're at within your fitness journey now. Yeah. I, I think I, I thought I was going to enjoy it more than I did. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is something that I didn't even realize other people felt this way until semi recently, but show day isn't like my favorite part of competing. Uh, but I thought it was going to be because that's what the girls I was following on YouTube and watching their journey. That's what it was for them. It was the show day, the glitz, the glam and all of this. But if you know me, even though I'm an outgoing person, that's not really me 
to be like in a sparkly bikini strutting across the stage. I wasn't a performer necessarily growing up, even though I did the news um, and was in broadcast. It was something that performing wasn't in my blood. It wasn't something I was used to doing. And so uh, it kind of felt a little bit anticlimactic because I only did one show and I had prepped for maybe 16 to 18 weeks. I don't know how long it was. Maybe it was 20. Um, And then it was like all over in a minute. And that's something that we've talked about with first-time competitors is recognizing that it is going to maybe possibly feel anticlimactic and you should probably do two shows your first season. But I didn't know what was going on. The coach didn't have great communication backstage. Um, And so it was like all of a sudden you're on. And I didn't, I don't even remember once like having someone teach me anything with posing. And I never practiced posing as far as like going through my whole routine. I just practiced the actual poses. So I just felt like a deer in the headlights when it happened. But it was really great because like my family was able to be there. Alex was actually there, even though we didn't know each other. He was there. Um, And it was something that I just felt so fulfilled as far as showing up for myself day after day for so many days. And that was something that I realized it wasn't just the getting on stage or wasn't looking a certain way. Honestly, I don't prefer to look completely stage lean in my day-to-day life. Of course, I think it's cool. And I, I love the human body and what it can accomplish. But it's something that it's the mental aspect. And even within going into this prep now for for this season, I'm so excited to push myself mentally and kind of level up and address things that I've been able to kind of sidestep just because I haven't needed that mental discipline to that degree in two years. Um, And so it's something that that show day was a whirl. I didn't know what to expect. I went into it so blind and I got like ninth place out of 15th girl, 15 girls, um, had no idea like how to pump up, what to do backstage, any of that. (laughs) Coach did not fill me in on that. Um, And I just, I loved the process of it all. Um, And so after that show, I kind of had a few flexible days that my coach allowed me, but I was like, I'm determined to be better than this. And that's kind of what sparked it was me just wanting to become a better version of myself, me wanting to compete with myself in regards to actually getting better within bikini competitions, but also that you versus you mentality of like, how much better can my body look if this was what I accomplished and I'm learning so much more and I have more time under my belt. Um, So it was a really cool experience, even if it felt anticlimactic, even if I realized that show day wasn't the end all be all. I realized so much about myself along the way. And right after that of realizing like, I want to make this my lifestyle. So there, there's two big nuggets to take from that um, kind of talk there is that the first thing is that first-time competitors schedule more than one show. That's going to be huge for your overall enjoyment because that first show, one, you're getting used to working with the coach. And and also, you're, it's, you're a deer in a headlights. It's a very quick experience. It's good to get that second show in. The second thing is that the individual that is able to take the nuggets from the competition itself, that the prep as a whole, are the ones that are going to have longevity. The individuals that get too caught up in the time on stage are the ones that are going to fizzle out the, the fastest. If you're able to fall in love with the process and, and find things that you're improving about yourself over the you know uh, 
prep it as a whole, that's where you're going to find the most success. That's where you're going to love the sport. If you're only thinking about the stage, it's going to be very unfulfilling because your ass <laughs> is only up there for 15, 20 seconds and you may not get the, um, the placing that you want. And that's very defeating. And I get that, but the individuals that fall in love with the whole process are the ones that really succeed. So, um, Navigating away from from competing, you're obviously an incredible coach. Thanks. So walk us through the the process of becoming a coach and and what um, got you started there. As what is also like what was uh, the thing that you love the most about it? Yeah. So within coaching, again at that time, it was kind of okay. You get started in fitness. You are you have a fitness Instagram, and then people start DMing you asking to coach you, and then you're like, oh, I'm not certified. I should get certified. Um, and so it was me kind of figuring out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I was fin I finished year two of college, and it was kind of like, all right, where does life go from here? Uh, and so my first competition was getting into the spring of my junior year, um, and. And that's when I realized like, hey, this environment that I'm in, even though I love UK, go cats, cats by 90 is not positive for me anymore. And so it was something that I had decided, hey, I'm not going to stay here for four years. I'm going to finish this in three years and I'm going to get out because mentally it's really, really weighing on me. And so from that point, I had decided I have to have more credit hours. I have to get this done um, and make sure I'm able to graduate in this time. So what I did was I had loaded up my schedule. I had everything ironed out, had lots of meetings with the advisor, and I had all of my hours for my major and my minor, but I still had hours I had to reach to like graduate college, whatever that threshold is. I don't remember, like 120. And so I just started to take any fitness or health classes that I could take. So I took like some intro level or some second level nutrition and fitness classes. And they even offered a class that was like going through all of the ACE curriculum um, to prep you for the exam. And so that was my last semester in college. I was taking that prep class. And so during that time frame, I had actually met Alex already. I had met him in March of my that last year of college. And he actually took over my training soon after that, if not like right then. <laughs> uh, and so I was learning a lot from him. He had already been coaching and running his own business for a few years. So he was and still is my mentor um, and really was someone who inspired me, motivated, pushed me, supported me, as well as just the other people in the field that you also looked up to and the girls that I was following on YouTube and Instagram. People were really starting to make money. They were starting to make a name for themselves. And I just loved helping people. I mean, I am an Enneagram type too, and helping is like my main trait. And so I was giving tips to people and people were DMing me. And there's still people like from my first starting my Instagram to now that I like still DM with, still recognize their names and all of that, which is such a cool feeling. People have supported me from the beginning and just people have been my friends from the beginning. Um, and so it's been so cool because I would message them and give them tips and I would help them and it felt so good. And I loved that. And so taking that course, I was like, I'm going to get certified after I graduate because the, the course didn't include taking the exam and I'm going to personal train. And I, that was, a big risk. I mean, I had just gone to school and got my degree in broadcast journalism and I had a plan 
but that plan didn't suit me anymore. I didn't want to do that anymore. I was losing my passion for it. And all I wanted to do was spend my time learning more about fitness. And so I was really learning from Alex, learning from YouTube, learning from Instagram, learning from the books I was reading, learning from the prep courses and the classes I was taking. And then I passed my um, exam and I put out like a training program that year. I had started my own website um, and I was coaching people in person and online. And it really just started from a leap of faith. And again, Alex and I have talked about this multiple times where it was a leap that neither of us probably should have felt comfortable taking, but that's what a leap is. And I remember my parents at the time kind of being worried of like, hey, can this make money? Can you support yourself? And uh, being in a spot where they were vehemently supporting me, even if they didn't know what my future held, they could see that I I didn't want to do what I thought I wanted to do. And they could see the passion I had for fitness. And I was so headstrong at that time of like, I'm doing this, whether you guys like it or not, (laughs) but they liked it. They let me live at their home and not have to pay rent um, so that I could support my dreams that I wanted to do. So it was traveling every other weekend to go see Alex six hours away. (laughs) I don't miss that at all. It was going to the gym. It was like improving before the next time I got on stage. And it was showing up for my clients um, and being able to just feel what it was like to change lives because I had changed my life. And even though I was not to the caliber of like where I am now and what I've learned about myself now, it was something where I took messy action, which I sometimes reflect back in that time and wish I had more of that mindset just to take messy action. Because now sometimes I get kind of pigeonholed into like it needs to be perfect or people expect a certain thing out of me. But at that time, I just was like, whatever, I'm doing it. (laughs) And starting is one of the hardest parts. And so I was able to just kind of jump into it. I was, like I said, training in person, training online, and just anything that I thought of within coaching that I thought would be helpful, I was doing it, whether it was making a resource or a post or talking to my clients about it. Uh, I was just trying to get it done to learn more and achieve more because I had such aspirations of becoming just the best coach that I could be helping as many people as I could help and making a future for myself. How much do you feel as though your your coaching experience has influenced your view on on health and, and wellness and um, you know it's exposed you to so many different perspectives and, and experiences and, and things that wouldn't have happened within your life to, to give you a greater view of things? What are some of the things that you've taken from coaching that have so much improved your your view on things? I think just realizing that each person is is different and the more that you can learn and truly care, the more that you can change your life and other people's lives. I think for so long, and especially when I first started coaching, it was very simple and rightfully so because I didn't know a lot. So I stayed in my lane. I did what I knew. I wrote training programs. I, I gave macros, adjusted things within the realms that I understood. And it's been something where as I learn more and more, more, I'm able to help more people as well as reach more people and in turn like help myself because I've learned through clients things about myself. And then with other coaches that I've conversed with, it's opened my mind to different things, not only in fitness, but within life. So I'd say like the big things here is just 
to continue learning and to continue having conversations because everything that fitness has brought into my life, my husband included, uh, has been so great by just being open to so many things um, and not feeling like my way was the right way no matter what. It was, hey, there might be another way to go about this, or there might be another way to do this, or the way that you're doing it might not be right. Um, and I think just being open-minded in that was so instrumental for me in fitness. And then that translated to being more open-minded within life as well. Yeah. I think that the biggest things to take from coaching is that it teaches you such an immense level of, of patience first, and then also a level of grace that you wouldn't have without seeing the adversity that others are presented with if you only looked at the lens that you uh, walk through from a day-to-day -day perspective. So I appreciate you highlighting those things. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that this leads us into um, if you were to start over and and you've you've had so many different ways that fitness has has influenced your life over this period of time that we've talked about today if you were to start over what would you prioritize what would be the things that you would say to start with maybe a list of of 3 to 5 things that are the the number one priorities if you were to start over today yeah i would start with the foundations i think i tried to like make things too complicated to begin with where if you just start with, hey, I'm going to move my body every single day and get whether it's a certain amount of steps or a certain amount of time that I'm going to be doing something, um, I'm going to focus on eating foods that feel good for me. I mean, I, I don't think that you need to always put a label on your food. I don't think that you need to always eat a certain way. I think it's reflecting on what food allows me to show up as the best version of myself. Um, it is being able to focus on your mental health because health is multifaceted. And so often people just check things off a list without turning inward. And so I wish that I started sooner to look inward to address different tendencies instead of just thinking, oh, this doesn't work for me. Either how can I make it work for me or what can I learn about myself within this? I would question myself more in that. Um, and I would focus on water, but that was always a focus of mine. But I will go ahead and say that it's important. Um, and then um, being able to focus more on sleep and stress, um, which are things that I wildly overlooked at the time. It was just all like, did you hit your macros or did you do X, Y, and Z instead of truly focusing on the health aspect, which is what I would really wish that I took more time. Of course, I got there and I figured it out in the end. But if I could go back, I'd be like, oh my gosh, just focus on your health and the other things will fall into place. Um, and I think that's where people get confused as they try to be like, well, I don't know how to lose weight or I don't know how to do X, Y, and Z. You know that there's things that you are or aren't doing that are healthy or not healthy. Um, and health, of course, is different for everyone. But I think that you can define that for yourself. And the more that you dig into yourself, the more that you're going to get out of that in life and in fitness for your physique your mind, your your job, your relationships, I can promise you that the more that you turn inward and kind of question your habits, your routines, your tendencies, your reactions, your actions, the better everything's going to happen. Um, and I was a very reactive person previously. And now I feel like I'm a lot more proactive. I question a lot more. Um, and that's allowed me to be in better health even after everything that I kind of went through. Yeah. And I think that, uh, 
one thing I will add, if, if I was to start over, it would be taking better care of your body and not mm -hmm. getting too obsessed with the uh, aspect of, of increasing load within your exercises. I know that this is potentially more male than female, but I think that it's becoming more widespread of like wanting to just be stronger in general, which is a great thing. But also I think that adding the, the component of, um, you know, you fixing the issue with your hip or your knee is going to be more beneficial for your long-term health rather than you hitting that 20 pound PR on your squad yeah. or what have you. And execution. Yeah, I highly execution. recommend that. Just learning the exercises, what they do, why you do them, um, which our YouTube is a great resource for this that. Is true. Uh, but that was huge. I mean, when I met Alex, that's where a lot of things changed within like my ability to train was because of him and his like emphasis on execution and learning about training. Yeah. Do you have anything else that you would love to share with the listeners from a, a journey perspective for them? Yeah, I think that a big thing that I haven't necessarily talked specifically on within this podcast is victimhood. And that was a huge stopper between me ever achieving more. Um, and again, I'm saying this in regards to my fitness journey, but it is extremely applicable when I talk about life and your progression within life. I was, it was my default to feel bad for myself. Things were happening to me, not because of me, not anything else. Things just happened to me. And it was much easier to be the victim and sulk than to take keep taking the hits. I mean, again, when I talk about choose your heart, it's a lot easier to just be the victim and say it's life's problems than to actually address different things happening in your life. It was kind of like this cheat code that I had. If I can bask in my own sorrow, if I can hate the world, um, then I don't have to do anything and I'm not accountable for anything. And so I was never the problem at all. Um, it's kind of like you're just taking some ibuprofen for the discomfort that life is. Um, and I had to overcome this worldview. And that was something that completely changed everything for me because self-pity gets you fucking nothing. Like, I can't say that enough. Self-pity gets you nothing. Um, it'll make you resentful. It'll make you disappointed, envious. It'll lead you down the wrong path. It'll make you bitter. Um, and I and my story and my life kind of needed a hero. It needed a change and it needed to be me. And so when I finally stopped being the victim, when everything stopped being everyone else's fault but my own, when I finally took the hit and realized like, oh my gosh, I can be better than this. I can do better than this. It's not just what happens to me. That's when I finally, like everything clicked. That's when everything became so clear. That's when the lights turned on. That's when my health was the priority. When I got to this point of doing the hard. And it was something that um, I like you find life's meaning in difficult things. If you have a very easy life, it's very hard to understand the meaning of life or to understand the hardships that people face. And it was something that like having hard conversations with myself doing hard things was so helpful. Oftentimes people don't tell you the truth and you're, you're, you yourself might be hiding the truth from yourself. Um, because we live in a world now that hard truths somewhat seem in inconsiderate. It seems inconsiderate to say, hey, your health is in the trash. You need to take care of yourself. It seems inconsiderate to tell someone they're doing something wrong that's harming their health. 
but hard truths aren't inconsiderate. It's honestly the most thoughtful thing that you can do, of course, without being an asshat, uh, but to truly care about someone and care about yourself and tell yourself those hard truths because, yeah, it was really hard losing those friends. It was really hard learning about fitness. It was really hard being alone. It was hard to try and switch my eating and learn about food and learn about my body but it would have been so much harder to deal with all of the health issues down the road if I didn't address those things. And so I chose the hard and then I did the hard thing that I needed to do. And it's something that people might criticize you for changing your life, but isn't that the point of life is to change it and to change yourself and to grow and to evolve. It's something that you're worthy of change and to become who you want to be might hurt. It might be hard. You might lose people along the way, but at the end of the day, I can look back at that very lost, sad girl and just be so thankful that I finally stopped letting my own shit get in my way. I finally stopped being afraid of what is everyone going to think? Are they going to think I'm silly for posting on Instagram because I'm not fit yet or I don't know what I'm talking about? Um, Are people going to think I'm wrong for starting a business because I don't know what I'm doing or like, why should I go and do that? Or even just saying like, hey, Sue, you're not addressing things in your life that you need to be addressing. Go and freaking do those things. Um, it, it was that being vulnerable enough to look myself in the mirror and say, you can be more than this and you can do more than this. So I think that was like, I know I've talked about a lot of things that changed me along the way, but really dropping that victimhood because that was such a part of who I was as a person growing up has been huge. And I will say Alex has also been a huge help in that. Um, I had kind of started the process before we met, but he really (laughs) put the nail in the hammer. He was like, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Like, let's go out and let's move and do things. So I am just so thankful for the support and the um, drive and love that I've had from you because none of this really would have come to the full ability it would have without you helping me grow as a person, um, which was huge as well. Well. (laughs) <laughs> that was fantastic. And and I appreciate that. I think that um, I knew I was marrying a rock star many, many moons ago. I have got about 20% of that rock star exposed. You guys will see as the years go on here of, of what she's truly capable of. And she will see it as well. I've, you know, my vision is just unbelievable. And so <laughs> there's lots to come from, from Sue and, and the, the boss that she is, um, not only within our, our business, within her own life and, um, within competing and so on and so forth. So thank you so much for sharing all these beautiful things about you. I love you thank so you. much. You're the I best in the world. So um, thank you guys for listening. Is there a specific sign-off that I'm supposed to say for the listeners? <laughs> no, just go check out Alex's uh, fitness journey. It was yes. really great to go over his fitness journey. And just for you guys to get a more inside look, I mean, each of the owners and the coaches on this team have such different stories. And it's something that I think is so beautiful because we're able to reach different people as well. Some of you might be listening to mine and be like, oh, that was me to a T. But Some of you might be listening and be like, I can't relate to that at all. But you listen to Alex's and you're like, oh, my gosh. So recognizing that people come from different paths and you can still achieve whatever that that next thing is. Um, But I think it's really cool just to hear people's stories, to have more empathy for people, more understanding of people. So I would just really recommend to go listen to Alex and Austin's if you haven't and definitely go check out the coach podcast. Those will all be in the show notes. Um, And then next. Next week is going to be a 
what to know for a first-time competitor part two. So I'm giving you the little update now. So if you haven't listened to part one, go listen to part one because that was a great, great podcast. But we'll see you guys in the next one. We appreciate everything and catch you on the flippity flip. See you guys. Hey guys, Austin here. Thank you again for listening into the episode. It means a lot. If you can, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave the podcast a five-star review. This does help us grow and be found by others. Also, just wanted to mention, if you guys are interested in free education based around training and nutrition, be sure to check out physiquedevelopment.com backslash free education, where you will find free downloads, videos, articles, etc. No strings attached. Again, thank you. Chat soon.